Father, speak to us today. Let it be you that flows in this place. Your words and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we started a series last week titled Agents of Change. And we mentioned the fact that all of us, every single one of us, everybody say me. me. Okay, so every single one of you and all of you online, you are called, I am called, we are called to be agents of change. And we said three things that are necessary, that are musts for every agent of change. And they were this, an agent of change must walk in faith. An agent of change must be obedient to God. And the third thing that we talked about was the fact that an agent of change must have vision. If you weren't here last week or if you weren't able to tune in, make sure that you go back on our website and watch it and listen to it. If you want to hear it again, it's also on there and you can listen to it. It's also on our Spotify and all those podcast platforms. But these three things, walk in faith, be obedient to God, and have vision. Now, we didn't dive into what vision was. That's what today is about. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write down this definition of vision. Are you ready? This is what vision is. The ability to think about or plan, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. This is the dictionary definition of vision. One more time. The ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Now, as believers are laying and casting a vision goes a little bit beyond our imagination or our wisdom. And I want you to write this down. Vision comes from God. Vision comes from God. Now, Proverbs chapter 29, I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse number 18. When you've got it, you can say amen. Put it in the comment box at home as well. Proverbs 29, 18. It says this. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. I'm going to read it one more time. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. The word here, revelation, in the original language is the word shazan, C-H-A-Z-O-N. And that word means prophetic vision. Prophetic vision. Prophetic vision. Where there is no vision prophetically from God, people lose restraint. This is what that means of restraint. They get discouraged. They get lost. They end up wandering. Now, the second part of the verse says, but happy is he who keeps the law. Now, why does it say that, you might ask? Well, God gives us vision in a, an array of different ways. God can give you a physical vision where you actually see a vision. God can speak to you audibly, perhaps. But the way that he speaks to us most often is right through his word. And that's why it then talks about happy is he who keeps his law. When God gives you a vision, it is your vision, your mandate, your calling. And can I tell you something? 
There is a happiness and a satisfaction that only comes when you accomplish your vision. When you accomplish your design. I remember we did an addition to our house almost four years ago. It's crazy to think how fast time goes. And um, we took a long time planning the addition. Let me tell you how long we took. We bought that house in April of 2011. Okay? And we bought that house before we launched UW Church. It was actually an answer to prayer. I'm going to be honest with you all, as I always am. Part of my prayer to God as we were looking for a house, we had started looking for a house back in 2010 when Abigail was born. Our apartment wasn't going to be big enough as a growing family and all that stuff. And you know, when my, this was my prayer to God. God, I want to find our house and buy our house before we launch our church. And you might say, well, but pastor, why? Well, there was a big reason for that. Even though I started the church and kept my secular job and didn't take a salary from the church for the first three and a half or four years of the church, I didn't want to have anybody be able to say, hey, look, he launched a church and then he went and bought a house. Pastor, you thought of that? Yeah, I did. Because unfortunately, pastors aren't perfect. And there's been a lot of them who have done things not right. And have given a lot of other pastors bad names and bad reputations. Therefore, one of our prayers to God was that. It was a vision we had. God, we want to buy our house before we even launch our church. And he made it happen. Now, when we bought that house, we saw our house, it's on a lake. It was destroyed. All of my family thought we were insane. Okay, the house had been on foreclosure, it had mold, it had holes in the ceiling. I mean, it was a disaster. I remember my dad saying, Babel, you're crazy. My mom was, are you sure you have a six-month-old? Like, what are you doing? But we saw that house, and it had, an inclo- it had a terrace that was screened in. And from the moment we bought the house, we said, one day as our family grows, we're going to enclose this terrace. We're going to add a master bedroom here. It it was part of the vision that we had for the house, which actually didn't come into fruition until 2017. And even when we started the planning of the house and doing the permits and the drawings, we took almost a year with the architect doing all the planning. Because once we did it, I didn't want to do it again. And so vision can take a while. But when you finish it, this joy comes. Like I remember when we got the final closing of the permit. Good Lord, that was awesome. I was happy. I got the final inspection. We could move everything in. We could put the furniture. We could sleep in our new master bedroom. We were rejoicing because the vision had been accomplished. So this is what the verse is saying in Proverbs 29. Where there's no prophetic vision, my people wander, they're discouraged, they're lost. However, you are happy when you follow my law. See, it is not my law to follow your vision, but it is a mandate from God to me 
to follow the vision that he has planted for me. And there is fulfillment when I walk in my call as an agent of change and in the vision that God has given me. And I can walk in a fullness and happiness. Now, if I try to walk in somebody else's vision, I'm going to get discouraged. Now, I'm going to do a little quick timeout because I keep stepping on my shoelace and I don't want to fall down because that would be pretty embarrassing. And um, even though I love you all laughing at my jokes, I don't want you to laugh at me because I fell. So vision is the ability to plan, to look, and the vision comes from God. Now, I want you to go to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. When you've got it, let me know. I mean, don't be quiet. You're, you're allowed to, 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 to speak back in this classroom. Mark chapter 8. Thank you. All right. I haven't told you yet because then you would read it ahead of time. Somebody asked what verse. Mark chapter 8. We're going to start reading in verse number 22. Look what it says there. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Now, little parentheses there. How many of you know that blind people have no vision, no sight, right? Definition of being blind. Continue to say, so he took the blind man by the hand, and let him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. He looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him to look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Verse number 30. I'm sorry. Verse number 26, then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. This passage, I've heard it preached before. I've had a lot of personal thoughts. Like, did Jesus lack power the first time when he spit on him? Right? Like, it's the only time that we see that the person didn't immediately receive a healing. So you can be like, well, did, 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 he, did he get a foul tip? Was that a foul tip? You know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't a home run. And then he touches him again, and he's completely restored. And so I, I, I've heard the preachings and the teachings, and I agree with it, that says that this is an example of a progressive miracle. God started something and then finished it. But I'm going to tell you what God deposited in my spirit with this passage as I got ready for this series. See, I want to point to you a few things. Again, I, I just mentioned our first point of today is the fact that vision comes from God. Now, look at what it says there. Jesus took him outside of the village. Then Jesus touched him and asked him, can you see? He said, I see men like trees walking. Anybody here use glasses? JJ, I know you don't have to use them anymore because you got your LASIK, okay? I use glasses. On Sundays, I use contact lenses because it's very uncomfortable to wear this microphone with glasses. The glasses get sideways and you see weird. It's, you know, it's a little weird. When I don't wear my glasses, 
I can't see. I, 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 I can't see. Like, I am, like, blind almost, right? Like, it, I literally see people, and it looks like a, tea, a tree with some branches that are moving. If you're moving, that's what it literally kind of what it looks like, okay? And so I know what it's like to need to put on the glasses to see clearly. Now, this is where I'm getting it with it, okay? Your vision, Jesus is teaching us there, needs to be focused. Your vision can't be all over the place. Your vision can't be shaken and moving. It has to be focused. And to take it a step further, your vision needs to be clear. So how do you get this vision? You pursue God and you don't stop until you get it. That's what I got out of there. Jesus took the blind man outside of the village, outside of the town, to a place that he could be with them one-on-one. -on -one. To get your prophetic vision of what God has for you, for your family, you need to spend alone time with God. And when he starts to deposit the vision, don't stop pursuing until you can see it clearly. Until you have it focused. Any of you here familiar with Gordon Ramsay? Y'all know who Gordon Ramsay is? Praying for that guy to get saved so then he can be a, an amazing Christian chef that doesn't cuss as much. But Gordon Ramsay has a lot of TV shows. And one of his first TV shows was Kitchen Nightmares. Anybody ever seen Kitchen Nightmares? Okay, and in Kitchen Nightmares, what he would do is he would go to a restaurant that was about to close down, that was about to, 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 to go into foreclosure, bankruptcy, or whatever type of things for an array of different reasons. But the most common thread that you found in every one of those episodes is that the people would have like this giant menu that they needed to have all kinds of ingredients. And since they had so many different ingredients and so many different things, they didn't have enough to cook everything. They, not everybody enough came in. So they were losing money constantly because they were having to throw away ingredients or freeze ingredients. And when you freeze the ingredient, it's not going to be the same when you defrost it and use it. So one of the things he always says is simplify it. Make it clear. Make it concise. And that is something about our vision it needs to be focused, and it needs to be clear. Go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Some translations say, make it clear. Write it clear. Write your vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Write the vision. So number one, vision comes from God. Number two, vision needs to be focused. Number three, vision needs to be clear. Number four, your vision needs to be written. You have to write down your vision. If you don't write it down, you're not going to get there. 
Has, ha, have any of you ever had a waiter or a waitress bring you the order wrong because they did not write down what you ordered? I mean, it's like, I, you may have a great memory, but you're attending 12 tables. Just write it down. I'm picky, and I'm not afraid to send it back. You're like, no, I won't send it back. Oh, I'm sending it back. This, I'm going to pray over the food anyways. <laughs> write it down. Some people are like, no, you don't send it back. What if they spit on it? Man, let's be real. They might have spit on it already. <laughs> the only place you know they don't spit on your food is when you cook it yourself. And if your wife was mad at you, be careful. She might have spit on it too. I'm joking, all right? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Write it down. Write it down. And why does it say to write it down? It says, in the verse, it says, write it that he may run who reads it. So this is the fifth thing I want you to write down this morning. Vision needs to be followed. It needs to be followed. Vision comes from God. It needs to be focused. It needs to be clear. It needs to be written and it needs to be followed. One of the main issues in marriages is when the husband and wife have different visions. Two visions gives us the word division. The prefix di, di, represents two, and basically is what the word means, two visions. And in anything that there is two visions, destruction is coming. Jesus said, a house against itself will not prevail. The New Testament tells us, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Now, that can mean a lot of different things. Number one, if you are a believer, you should not be dating nor marrying a non-believer. You have different visions. You have different places that you are heading. But it also means... Don't enter into a business partnership with somebody who has a different vision. Don't enter into any type of agreement with somebody that you don't agree together with. Because if you go in opposite directions, it is a clear recipe for disaster and failure. Now, I want to give you a little bit of practical examples on vision. And if... I have your permission, I'm going to get really transparent with you all. The vision of our church, if you don't know it, is equipping the body of Christ to live a lifestyle of worship that will cause change. As a matter of fact, any, men, any man that has used our men's room, there's a big painting of the vision right in front of you. It's not in the women's bathroom, but it's in the men's ba bathroom. And there's a reason why I have it in the men's bathroom. Number one, I one-on-one -on -one minister to men. My wife works with the women. Number two, I am encouraging every man to be equipped and challenged 
and I want to make sure it's in front of you. It's literally in front of the toilet. You have to see it if you go to the toilet. We also have it on our windows. Some of you perhaps have never noticed it. But right there on that window, right there, it says it real big, equipping the body of Christ to live a lifestyle of worship that will cause change. Let's talk a few things about this vision. This is the vision that God gave me as the pastor of 3W Church for 3W Church. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you cannot align to the vision of this house, this house is not the church for you. <gasps> How could you say that? Well, you're going to be frustrated because the vision that you may have from God is never going to get fulfilled in this house. There are certain ministries that we don't run. Why? Because it doesn't fit in line with this vision. They're good ministries, but it doesn't fall in line with this vision. And anything that we allow to operate that doesn't fit in line with this vision, you know what it brings? Division, loss of focus, frustration. And so this is another thing that we do with vision. Everything that we go to do in our church, we line it up to the vision. Does it match the vision? If it doesn't match the vision, the answer will be no. No matter if the idea is phenomenal, if it doesn't line up with the vision of this house, we're going to say no. Because I've learned, I said I was going to be honest, the hard way that if I allow or start working on anything that doesn't fall in line with this God-given vision, I end up frustrated, physically exhausted, mentally drained, and spinning my wheels. And I'm telling you, honestly, I learned it the hard way. See, I told you last week, we are all called to be what? Agents of change. If you're online, put it in the comment box. That's what we're all called to be. But not every agent fulfills their call in the same manner because not every specific call is the same. My responsibility as an agent of change is to feed the sheep good green grass. That's my call. And you know what I found was happening to me when I said yes to a lot of things that didn't necessarily fall in line with our vision? I came into Sunday morning tired, physically and mentally, not as prepared as I should have been. <gasps> Pastor, like you're being pretty transparent. Yes, I am. I want, I, I'm going to be honest with you because I want you guys to fulfill the vision of God in your life. And when you allow things that don't match the vision to enter your life, you end up tired, frustrated, wanting to quit, spinning your wheels, and not getting anywhere. Dude, it's like running on a treadmill. All that effort, all that work, and you're in the same place that you started. For years, years, I would allow any good opportunity that somebody called us for, I would say yes. And nine times out of ten, because I was the sole employee of the church, it was my responsibility to get it to work. 
And in the last few years, I have matured and learned that I can't do everything, number one. And most importantly, that if I take on something that is not what I'm supposed to do, what's going to suffer is what I am supposed to do. And y'all don't come to our church to look at me or because we're spectacular. You come here to be fed the word of God. And it's my responsibility to feed you. And if I'm not putting enough time in the studying, in the preparing, in the pursuit of God, because I'm spending more time doing X, Y, or Z, which was good, you all are going to say, I'm not getting fulfilled. Something's wrong with pastor. Yes, I wasn't walking in my vision of my calling as an agent of change. Is this, is this sinking in? Is this making sense? I'm going to give you a very clear, concrete example that happened this week. Okay? We got a phone call a few weeks ago or about a month ago about a shoe donation. Unfortunately, a store that was closing down, and they had, and they had thousands of shoes. And it wasn't dollar store shoes. I mean, it was good shoes. The cheapest one had as a registered mark $120. And they called, and I told Patty, tell them no. She said, no, I'm going to speak to so-and-so. We're going to get it done, whatever, and okay. They said yes. So we get down to this week when we got to get the donation. And on Monday, I go look at the warehouse, and it was a lot of boxes and a lot of shoes. And I looked at Patty, and I said, I told you to say no. I'm being real. She's over there with the nursery kids or, or whatnot, so you, you can ask her later. I said, I told you to say no. This is now going to fall on me. I sent out a text message to both men's chats that we have. We have this amazing donation coming. I need three or four men that can help me move the boxes. I heard crickets. No response for hours. In the afternoon, I got a response from my dad. Hey, I can go help you tomorrow. And I'm thinking to myself, Dad, I, that's awesome. You can help me, but I don't know how much you're going to carry, right? Like, you know, you, you call me to help you with stuff, right? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. I appreciate the heart, Dad, but you and me ain't going to cut it. <laughs> so I told Patty in the car, I said, I told you to say no. And she looks at me and she says, I can call them and say no. You're allowing me to be real, right? I was a very upset. I was upset for a variety of reasons. Number one, because I knew that my week was going to get destroyed. Number two, because I had been trying to make arrangements with another facility of, some, of, a, of a pastor that I know that has a church with a ginormous space that they don't use for squat diddly. And they told me, no, you can't rent it to put these shoes and have a thing. And I was frustrated. And I actually looked at God and said, God, there's all these pastors in the city that have these buildings that they don't use for anything. And we're busting our bodies, redoing everything time and time again to serve our community. I'm ready for our building. I was frustrated with God. Pastor, you get frustrated? Yes, I do. 
And then Patty said, okay, I'll call them and say no. And then I looked at her and I said this, you can't because we already said yes. See, the integrity kicks in. Your yes be yes and your no be no. Young adults, we talked about that on Wednesday night. In our, this week's young adult uh, call was about letting your yes be yes and your no be no. So integrity kicked in. And I said, we said yes. I'll get it done even if I'm by myself. So then she prayed, Lord, give us at least 15 volunteers that can make this a reality. See, because part of our vision is to bless the community. I mean, hello, we're doing service projects all the time. But how do we do our service projects? We always equip you guys, right? We prepare the homeless care packages, and you guys take them and give them out. We prepare things for single moms, and you guys take it to the single mom. Like, we equip you to go do it. Pastor David is in 3W Church. We are 3W Church. So this did fall into the vision, but we didn't have the bandwidth. So she prayed, God, give us at least 15 volunteers. So then the person who had gotten us the donation, we're like, I, I ran, I was like, hey, what was the size of U-Haul that you used? Make a reservation. I'll pick up the U-Haul later tonight so I can go tomorrow to get the things. And she wrote back, you ready? No, pastor, you guys are doing enough in getting it to people. I'm hiring the U-Haul and three of my employees are taking you the boxes like, okay, all right, God, you're working. Okay, all right. <laughs> Patty was keeping tabs. We're by three volunteers, right? I called my mom. Mom, I need you to pick up Samantha tomorrow. So that's basically volunteer number four because she was going to go take care of picking up Samantha so that we could focus on the church stuff. I asked my dad to pick up uh, the girls, Alexandra and Abigail. I was like, you pick them up. So we're, you know, we started counting. She sent a text message to all the women. We need women to help us sort. We need this, that, or the other. And they all started writing back, yes. Then all of a sudden on Tuesday morning, Pastor Hosa sends me a text. I actually have the day off today. At what time do you want me at church? Let me tell you something. We received over a thousand pairs of these shoes. We gave out shoes on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and blessed the majority of people, not people from our church. And I didn't carry a box. Where am I getting at? I have come to the understanding that for me to accomplish the vision and feed the sheep as the agent of change that I am called to be, I have to say no to the things that may be good, but pull away from me spending time with God to be energized, refreshed, and full of the word to let it come out on Sunday morning because that's my responsibility. And in that same way, every single one of you have a responsibility from God, but you need to get that vision, pursue Jesus to the point one-on-one -on -one alone that your vision is focused and clear you need to write it down and then you need to follow it because if you don't you end up frustrated you end up hurt you end up tired as a matter of fact it was the first time 
in about three months that I came to church during the day to work this week because they were making the delivery. Because as I have been learning this and applying it, we're going to do a series next year on rest, and I have been studying on this. I decided to make an office at home because you know what happens a lot of times when your pastor comes to work here by himself? He remembers, oh, that bathroom had a problem. Let me go get the tools and fix it. Oh, wait, that has a situation. Let me go. And, and I'm here, and I'm working, but not on my assignment. And then Saturday, I'm exhausted going into Saturday night. You know, I had actually, I had told him, I'm not going to go caroling. And you can ask Javi. He said, Pastor, why aren't you going to go? And I said, because this week seems like it's going to be crazy, because he asked me last week on like Monday or Tuesday. I was like, it looks like it's going to be crazy, because I knew about the shoe stuff. <laughs> So I was preparing, and I told him, I said, if I don't have enough time to be solid for Sunday morning, I'm not going caroling. But guess what? I was able to go caroling. Why? I said no to something that was good but wasn't my assignment. So I was ready. So I was able to go with my family and spend time with my family and do this and do what I'm supposed to do because the vision is written, and it's clear, and I'm trying to follow it. We're getting into the end of 2020. And as we end a year, we always focus on what we're going to do the next year. And let me tell you something, church. God has a vision and plan specific for you for 2021. And in order to get it, you need to spend time with him. And get it focused Get it clear, write it, and follow it. Every year, we give out a vision poster. We're going to give it out either next week or the week after. Where you can write down what God is telling you is your vision. And then put it somewhere where you can follow it. Not where just anybody can see it, where you can see it. Where you can be encouraged to follow it, to run after the vision. But it needs to be from God. It needs to be focused. It needs to be clear. It needs to be written. And church, it needs to be followed. Nothing will get you away from the fullness that God has for you than things that are good but don't align to the vision. And just because something is good does not mean that it comes from God. Pastor Robert Morris shared something at the conference I was at a few months ago that I had never heard, but man, it, it kind of rocked me a little bit. And it was about the saying that we've all heard this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. How many of you have heard that before? Is that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And somebody told him that, and he says he turned around, and he just looked at him and said, no, it's not. It's either God's will or not. And man, there's a lot of Christians chasing once-in-a-lifetime opportunities that are not part of God's will, which is why there's no advancement. 
Do you know that churches close every week in this country and around the world? Before the pandemic. And the bulk of them is because they don't have a vision that is clear and that they follow. I'll give you an example. You, you may hear of a church that has an amazing bus ministry. This is in Pastor Larry's book, The Remnant. He gives this example. He says they have an amazing bus ministry. For those of you who don't know what that is, there's, there's a lot of churches that they, they buy buses and they have volunteers that will go into the community to pick up people and bring them to church. And this church may have an amazing bus ministry and it's bringing them 150 people a week and it's awesome. So then the other pastor says, wow, that's so good. Let me go buy some buses. And they buy the buses and they can't find volunteers. So then the pastor's driving the bus right before going to preach, right? The bus keeps breaking down, all these different issues. Like, but God, it's working for them. And then God's like, yeah, it was their calling. It's not yours. Not every church is built the same because the vision that God has deposited is different. But there's a lot of churches that have no vision. And I'm going to be very clear. If you're part of a church that has no vision, start praying. And get plugged into a church that your vision aligns to their vision. Because you can't have the blind leading you. I mean, isn't it absurd if I, am, if I have sight to hold the hand and be led by someone that doesn't? It'd be pretty dumb. But we do that time and time again. We align with people that don't match up to our vision or don't have vision and we follow their lead and then we wonder why we're frustrated tired wanting to quit and it's because we're not doing our call our assignment as an agent of change we must have vision let's go ahead and stand to our feet If you're here today or you're watching us online and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. Or perhaps you've walked away from him and you want to get right today. The Bible is clear. It says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So what does it take to be a son of God or a daughter of God? It takes, number one, Believing that Jesus is the Son of God. And the second step is just as easy. It says in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. So if today you want to get right with God or you want to ask Jesus to come to your heart, I just want you to right there where you are, say this prayer with me in church. Let's pray it together and say, God, I'm a sinner. And on my own, I can't get to you. But I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin. So today, I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart, write my name in the book of life, and from now on, God, I'm yours, and you are mine, in Jesus' name. Lord, this morning, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, whether they're watching it live 
or the rebroadcast, listening it on Spotify or here in person. And I pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, that we will all have a desire to pursue the vision that you have given us as agents of change. Father, I pray that each and every one of us will set aside time to seek you, to pursue you, to receive the vision that comes from you. Father, that we will stay in your presence and in pursuit until that vision is focused and clear. Father, that we will write down that vision and that we will follow it in Jesus' name. Come on, just worship him.